Hey, Brandon. Hey, Alan. And welcome to D6, no, not D6 Minutes, Dice Over Everything, the oh, miniatures right. gaming podcast. This is the full-length version. All right. So, thinking of what's coming up soon, Gen Con 2022 is actually coming up next weekend. And, you know, in, in the before times, we used to go there every year and usually come back with a trunk full of stuff because there's a bunch yeah, of us in the fun. car. And it's the, the nerd pilgrimage. And we're, we're guys, so we only bring like two shirts and one pair of pants. So that, that <laughs> wasn't the stuff that was taking up the trunk on the way back. And all well, the space you don't need laps. two pants. just need no. one pair of shorts. It takes up less space. Yeah. Although technically you're wearing it, so you don't actually need <laughs> oh, wear layers if you had to to make more yeah, room yeah, in the trunk. Exactly. You're going to buy – you're going to – like you only bring one T-shirt because you're going to buy T-shirts there, right? Mm-hmm. So. Also true. But I don't I don't know how the trunks just kept getting full and we'd go back to our hotel rooms and there'd just be this stack in the corner of just – Oh, man. Of just oh, – what do we call it? Yeah, because it gaming mecca. Yeah, that's true. I forget what we called it. it. Wasn't the swag? It wasn't the swag pile. It was something else. Swag was the free stuff. Moments of weakness, we called them. <laughs> I don't know. But you know what? At when you're at Gen Con, there's no moments of weakness. You literally the, the moment of weakness was when you decided to go to Gen Con, and you mm-hmm. just at that point you know you you have to spend a whole bunch of money to buy all of the new hotness. Yeah, because when you're there in person, like when you see it on the internet, maybe you could exercise restraint. But when it's there right in front of you, the instant gratification. Yeah, and it's brand just... new. And then you have the people who made it often are there mm-hmm. talking about about it. It's just yeah, the temptation like... is too big. And it's part of the fun. Yeah. And I don't know. They, they do so many new releases there that you're like, oh, my God, you just you see it for the first time, possibly. Because mm-hmm. if you don't follow the companies online or that, it's like, oh, my God, it's my first time seeing this. Like, this is the new hotness. And you have to get it. So. Yeah, man. Uh, so Gen Con 2023? No promises? <laughs> uh, isn't that the mistake when we say we're going to go? Ah, uh, whatever. I'll forget that's a mistake. Uh, I think, I, I'm going. I don't know about you. But, like, uh, assuming COVID... Uh, allows, I'm going to be there at Gen Con 2023. Mm-hmm. But this year, we were not able to make it, so we just have to experience the new hotness from afar. And so, that's what our topic is today. Uh, just in general, the new hotness. Alright. So at the very beginning of this, it's like, what what makes something the new hotness? I'm well, thinking... I, I Number one, few. it has to be new. Yep. The second, it has to be pretty damn hot. Mm-hmm. So I think there's two main ways that something can be hot. Uh-huh. So if you're the type of gamer that I'd like to say we aren't, sometimes they'll put out like the stat lines of things and all that, or they'll put out like a codex beforehand and the model's not released, and you're like, oh my god, this thing's broken, I will just crush my friends all the time, and then laugh as they remove all their figures from the board. So ah, only I am having fun now. Mm-hmm. I'm the best at this game. You're you fool. <laughs> so yes. I only had to buy five of these things on on pre-release to get these. It was worth it to see my friend give up playing this miniature game. Mm-hmm. So I, I can the see the last that. game we played of this miniature game, I won. Mm-hmm. 
shit was really hot. So I think that's one way that companies can create hot new stuff is just by being like, oh my god, the creep. It's so much better than your old stuff. If you want to like mm-hmm. even be a real player in this game, you have to go out and throw your money at this new product. So they can uh-huh. they can intentionally or unintentionally create hotness that way. Yeah, and I and guess if, the big thing is that yeah, go on. And if they want, and hopefully if they actually care about the game, they'll take the hotness away after. Like oh, <laughs> we increased its points. Well, that's fine. Because in my opinion, one of the important things about the new hotness, a lot of it is just in it being exciting and getting people uh, talking about the game. So mm-hmm. really, the new hotness. Um, is about a sort of marketing kind of thing, intentionally or unintentionally, mm-hmm. by the um, by the game makers, right? Like we're playing these, um, what do you call them? What do you call them? Like never-ending games, basically, that are constantly releasing new things. And so by the nature of the game, for it being a lifestyle game, it has to constantly be introducing new things, new changes, new touches to keep your interest there, right? Um, so especially your your most dedicated players are going to play the crap out of the game. So like, they're going to know oftentimes the game inside and out so that, they, that you need they get, will get bored more easily, right? Because they've played all of your content way more often than sometimes even the people who made the game play, right? Like, if you are if you have people who are obsessed with the game, especially kids who are younger, who don't have jobs or anything like that, who might they might be playing, like, every other day, day. Yeah. right? But, or, mm-hmm. yeah, every day or every other day. Like, they, they just meet up with their friends, right? You know, like, when, when we were younger, you know, we'd spend an hour, two hours uh, after school. We... We played video games like the, the miniature gaming was more like went by ourselves and then once like a month or once every two weeks or something like that we'd go and play it um but like if you instead replace that with miniature games you could be playing it every day every every other day right and then they're going to be really into the game they're going to burn through all that material but these people who are obsessed with your game are also one of your like greatest ambassadors to get other people into the game so you have to release these new models to kind of spice up things, keep interest, keep the community excited, right? So the important thing for it, you know, answering your question for real, like what, what makes it the new hotness, is that it sparks excitement and community talking and, and, and engagement, not like with each other, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like you... As, as the company wants, right? The company doesn't really care as much if all you're doing is talking to the company. But it, the important part is they're talking with their friends, getting things excited, getting into the game, right? And then yeah, they, because you have a new harness, it often... Yep. And getting game stores to be like, yeah, we want this on our shelves for whatever yeah, reason exactly. they have. And so when, when it's a new hotness, it's almost more a more a calculation of how good their marketing is in a way that actually how good the actual thing is right like how does how exciting does it make the players right mm-hmm. and, a, and, and a new hotness like sometimes it doesn't even actually have to be good right like, like let's say it's yeah. rules wise it just has to seem good and make people excited and they could <laughs> right? change that, it. like i said they could change the rules later you yeah, for some or, games or maybe it doesn't even last by the time you, you know, people pick it up, right? Mm-hmm. Then they, come they might change a to... newer. They come up with something even hotter after that. 
Yeah, or they just miscalculated or something like that, and something else ends up becoming the new hotness and becomes ends up being the new hotness, right, from a new line. Mm-hmm. So, so what sort of things can create that? Just I mentioned the rules can do that. Good marketing directly, like literally directly. Good marketing. You mm-hmm. look at uh, Games Workshop. Um, a lot of their new hotness and a lot of their strengths of their last kind of run, right? So, you know, they were they were actually doing quite badly during 7th edition, right? They had a different CEO. The CEO didn't have his pulse, his finger on the pulse. He didn't even believe in uh, market research because he was an idiot. Um, but, you know, he, he's, he, he, he made a lot of money, so I guess he's not that much of an idiot, right? He's a penny pincher. Um, but uh, the changeover, it wasn't just like a new game in a new kind of direction. Well, it was kind of a new direction, but part of that is just they had a lot better marketing. And because of that, they were able to connect with their audience and get their audience excited. Like one of the the, the greatest strengths of the quote-unquote new GW, it's not that new anymore, right? Um, but of the, the this last run is that they had a new marketing team online. And they were able to contact their fans, communicate with their fans, and hype up their new products. Well, yeah, and just all sort of popular content creators, like YouTube content creators, Mm -hmm. website, people with popular websites. Yeah. Or companies that are, like, thinking of on tabletop and that. They're just, like, networks of people. They seem to, like, have gotten a nice schedule down where maybe about two weeks before the product release to the general public, they get the product to those mm-hmm. sort of influencers, if you want yep. to call them that, let exactly. them build the stuff, let them film videos in that time, and then when the product drops, yep. all the videos from the other people, not just like GW, because you're like, yeah, of course, if GW says mm-hmm. it's good, of course they're going to say everything's good. But if the people like you value the opinions of and you keep going back to, like put content mm-hmm. out about it, even if they don't think it's that good, it's just in your mind, and you're like, well, I like yep. these people, and they did something with this, so you know, I want to get yeah, on the bandwagon. They- Exactly. So that's that part of that marketing team where mm-hmm. they said, oh, we should send out this free product to these guys, you know, all of these online online uh, YouTubers and things like that. They need to create content, getting a new box with the new quote unquote hotness. Uh, they are literally creating, making by virtue of like publishing it, they're create, making it the new hotness. Right. And making this content. So it becomes ends up being like a win win, except for the consumers because the products suck. But like mm-hmm. <laughs> that's editorial. That's not true. That's not true. Only, it's, it's only 95 percent true. true. Only 95 subjectively. True. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're not all, I've actually liked a bunch of the products. For example, mm-hmm. the new the new Blood Bowl. I liked second edition. At least when it started. Uh, it's gotten on, it's getting a little bit weird right now, but like I really like that. So, um, so that has been very very good in creating this new hotness, and it almost has has this marketing has allowed GW to dominate the mind space. Like they have like perennial hype. I think they call it like the perennial hype train, or or just the constant hype train, where they're just every week or every two weeks they're releasing new stuff and they're hyping it up and they're setting a new product. And because they're so big, they kind of end up help dominate the just all of the media that the that you know that the person on the ground is listening and hearing about. Right? It's they kind of suffocate all these other things, and then they just end up creating like a a running kind of self self feeding kind of monster that just constantly hyping the next GW product, right? Mm-hmm. And 
hats off to them. It was very, very successful. I think there's a little bit of fatigue right now. They pushed, maybe they pushed it a little bit too too hard. Um, but for the longest time, it it has made me more excited about GW stuff than I have been for a very, very long time. And honestly, it's not like there has been also a change of their product. They're, they're literally creating new games, which is great, right? But a lot of it is just they're better at marketing. Like, yeah. do you remember that that uh, Warhammer Quest, the fa- the new fantasy one with the werewolves or the the vampires? Oh yeah, yep. I remember how they that had huge hype. Yes. And apparently, most people say the game sucked. Yeah, I think I was pretty close to buying just because of how cool some of the vampires looked. But yeah. I, I think one of the things they learned to turn things into like super hot products you want is that they just in previous like long time ago maybe five plus years ago a lot of companies were like previewing stuff a year out when they started working on it's like oh we're doing this you should be excited about it too and then you get excited like one year ahead of time and then 10 months ahead of 10 months out you're less excited six months even less and then two weeks before it actually comes out you're like "Eh, i've already seen all that this is old and it comes out the new part is important right Mm -hmm. keeping it fresh and new so that you see it, you're excited, and then shortly afterwards, you you buy, you can buy, right? Yes. If it's too long between getting excited, like you said, like exciting, the excitement wears off, even if you've got a lot of that, right? So then by the time you can buy it, you're like, well, I'm over it. Now I'm on to the new thing, right? Yeah, so they've already looked at these pictures for a whole year, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I'd just like to talk a little bit more about the GW... Um, the what is it Warhammer Quest the 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 werewolf or or, or the vampire werewolf vampire one um, I think that's a really good example of how marketing is like the most important part for new ho- new hotness well, te- technically you're, I, I I agree the miniatures are some of the nicest miniatures uh, GW has released in a long time um, and you know it's varied because you know you have the different heroes and then you have a whole bunch of werewolves and stuff like that. And then on the back end, though, it's a good example of how the game was not very good, but the hype train was excellent, and it but made nobody, me so excited. But nobody really knew. I don't. I don't know if even a game being like having particularly good mechanics or gameplay even influences the the hype thing at all. Like for existing players, if they're already in it, they're in mm-hmm. it. But for new games that come out, I don't even know if it matters one bit. It has the, the more important thing is that it looks good and mm-hmm. it has a good story, right? Yeah. It just like it's just like marketing, right? Like you don't have to have you know the best car to sell sell cars. You just have to make it you know exciting enough for the person who's about to buy it, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think GW has succeeded on that, and they you, you can see how, how well they have done and kind of muscled out a lot of these other games that were vying for the crown when GW was terrible at the hype thing, right? Mm-hmm. And also terrible at creating new stuff, right? So they were just starting to fall behind. And then, like, I think in hindsight, one of the, the crazy things is 8th edition is the thing that really helped bring GW back, right? And really sold a lot of boxes. Looking back at it, I think a lot of players who have who have played through the many editions of Warhammer 40,000 
I don't think a lot of people are saying that eighth and ninth are the best version of Warhammer Forty Thousand, right? There's a there's certainly a contingent, but there's a lot of people that are like actually the best version is still fifth, right? A lot of mm-hmm. people say fifth, right? Yeah. Um, and so, um, it's interesting that you know eighth is fresh and new, which really helped. It's not even the best one in hindsight, but I do remember when they released eighth, I was so I was entranced. I was like, oh, this is the new what you know, it's new, exciting, it's different, it's cleaning things up, especially coming after like seventh, which is arguably the worst version of Warhammer forty thousand that was ever created. Um and, and now a lot of people are saying ninth is the second worst, but mm-hmm. like but that has really helped, you know? Like just the hype train got me excited about it. Yeah, and for that, they didn't have a super long schedule talking about it either. Like, they didn't start talking about 8th the year before, yeah. did they? Uh, maybe there was rumblings, because they were playtesting oh. it. But it was relatively But you assume they're fast, always working. I'm pretty sure. You assume there's always a new edition yeah. in the in the works for GW. But just, like, when they say there's going to be a product to when you can buy yeah. the product. I think it was really short on that one. Yeah. Yeah, so I think GW is one of those examples, you know, you don't have to be the best, you just have to make people excited, right? And GW, when it released the 8th edition, it wasn't new models. Like, it was new models for two factions, right? You had, the, I guess, the Primaris and the 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 Chaos Space Marines, but I didn't even play either of those factions. And yet I was excited about the game, right? Mm-hmm. Not even about the miniatures, like, unlike, you know, the, the Warhammer Quest and stuff like that. And yet I was still uh, hyped up. So, yeah. So here's the thing. We don't really play that many GW games, right? Every once in a while we play a couple just to, to see, right? Test things out. I think I think we mentioned, I think Blood Bowl is probably the best. Blood Bowl or uh, Middle Earth is probably the best GW games currently on the market. Mm-hmm. But we don't even play that that much. But for one of our games that we really like, right? Going back to the Gen Con thing, Infinity. Yeah, I think they've learned a lot from GW about how they do their marketing as well. Uh huh. That they they'll just tell you, they'll show you, start showing you stuff, and then a week later you can pre-order it, almost. Mm. Like you can't get it, you can't buy it, but at least you can pre-order it. And they seem to have yeah. gone to that model. I don't, I don't know if it's that that's the best model to sell people on stuff, but. I guess maybe build type because people are like, oh yeah, I pre-ordered this thing, or maybe stores know that people are pre-ordering, so they'll put it on their shelves. But mm-hmm. it seems to be a pretty good method of doing it. Plus, whenever they they seem to schedule a lot of releases around like the big gaming conventions, like Adepticon, Gen Con, that we were talking about before. So yeah. people basically want to be hyped for the game. They're like previous years, amazing stuff came out, and even if they don't say anything leading up to it, like they don't have to actually show you pictures of anything or tell you what the box is going to have. Just the fact that you know this convention is coming up, you know they're going to drop mm. something. So almost yeah. just following a schedule like that gets the people hyped up without them having to like waste cap yeah. their like attention capital on Time it. Time and effort creating, mm-hmm. like pushing this out. There's just, you have the knowledge, the pre-knowledge or the pre-hype. You're like, oh my God, what are they going to reveal during Gen Con, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so and then they've been doing this thing, which I think has been quite good. Um, is basically they have an Infinity Week, right, for the Gen Con release, where every every year basically, it's actually now twice a year. Um, they have an Infinity Week, where they 
they go through like during Gen Con they'll release a bunch of box sets, right? With these are not even like well, for for right now they're new armies for Code One, right? But Code One, it's obviously a stepping stone for people to play N Four, right? Like I don't think Code One was that successful, honestly, of getting new people in. It's 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 like some sort of ramp up. But I don't know if they, they were hoping that Code One would be bigger than it ended up being, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To be fair, a, Code One released into the pandemic, right? Yep. Well, I think it released more. right before the pandemic. Right, it's been three years. Yeah, and like we said before, it's a rule set, and rule sets aren't what really hype people. I mean, it's probably good for. But it's people. a new, it's a new game which can excite people, especially people who are who are intimidated by Infinities rule set yeah and i know we've talked many times about you know whether it's optimal what would make it actually in our opinion better better for that but like overall it's decent right in terms of the the product line the hype train i don't think necessarily worked as well but in terms of the releases and having like a week of just like releasing like exploring like having different youtube videos talking about the different uh, products and the new kind of profiles in these new boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they've been pretty successful, at least for me, making me quite hyped. Right, like this time they've released, you know, stuff for my one of my main factions. Right, I have two main factions: is Yujing and Haggislam. So this time they've released a Haggislam one, so I'm extra excited. Right, but yeah. I even got excited when it was like Nomads and Ariana, neither of which I actually played. I almost went into Technically, I bought the, the. I actually bought the boxes, even though I didn't end up. I decided against playing them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's kind of like how Warhammer Quest. Like every day, they'd show you another figure, give him his backstory. They do the same sort of thing, except in the format of YouTube videos rather than Warhammer Community. They put out a video on their YouTube channel, and you're like, mm-hmm. "Here's this thing. Here's his background, or like, here's some yeah. information on like the." the art design of these things yep. just so like and it's during the pre-order period as well. So every day you come back and you think again, like maybe I should pre-order this. You come back again. And you're like, Hmm, I thought for the last two days we'll pre-ordering this out. Maybe I'll do it today. It's really. Yep. And so just that kind of talking things, like talking about things, like the biggest thing is when you have a community, it feeds into itself, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, you have this new box, then everyone comes together and, and you know, you play some games, and then you talk about the new stuff, and then you, you end up, and maybe you go for drinks afterwards and talk about it, you end up making getting each other hyped up about it more, right? So it's really important, not just the YouTube things, that it gets into the community, the actual gaming communities, and hypes people up, which is, I think, one of the, the issues, actually, at least with the Infinity kind of... Um, their kind of marketing i think the youtube videos are great right because they reach everyone but like during the pandemic the communities the actual live communities which is Mm -hmm. i think what built up infinity because word of mouth is so strong with infinity because the game is so different and very very deep right and so it kind of like builds the community from um just from word of mouth and they didn't really have that during the pandemic and so when you're on youtube you're fighting your content is fighting with all the different youtube content out there not even just miniature gaming content right but you're fighting with i don't know like i've just been watching these uh like game shows 
watching game shows on YouTube, like nerd game shows. So it's still nerdy. I'm a big nerd, okay? So I've been watching Um Actually, mm-hmm. which is, I think they, they post them one year basically after they were actually released. It's a really good game show for nerds. It's, it's mm-hmm. great. But like, I'm compete, like watching a YouTube video about miniatures competes with, you know, watching a game show or watching a TV show, right? Or just watching so pictures of like baby owls. Baby owls yeah, exactly. are pretty, pretty impressive. Pretty yeah. Uh, so it, it's a lo- it's I guess it's harder to cut through that kind of fuzz, and I do feel like there's an issue with just creating that new hotness with Infinity lately because of I don't think their online community I think their online community is dampened compared to where it used to be, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of that has to do with playing in person although that is picking up right especially in the u.s because you know the u.s doesn't care much as much about you know the, the disease that's other the places what, huh? the what huh i don't know what, i don't know nothing just, just, obviously not everyone but it's like as a as a country they're apparently they're like well you know we've already killed you know not killed sorry there were already being like over a million people died what's another million right mm-hmm. so that's, that's not true. That's not true. I'm just I'm over exaggerating. Um, but you know they they just so they're 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 going out more in general, right? And so yeah. I wonder if that's ending up picking picking up. Yes, yeah, so going things up. Yeah, so just going back to how the word of mouth thing works and with how Infinity does their box release. It's basically the box release we're talking about for Gen Con. It's like a two-player starter box with two factions in yeah. it, and often like most people won't want both factions in the box unless they're like a crazy collector so the whole that i find that actually helps with any game really not just infinity like warhammer with Mm -hmm. drop zone commander i think did two player boxes malfo doesn't actually do that but so many games do the two player box which means okay like x-wing and all that it means that a you have a game that people can play when they buy it and b for your existing players they're like well I just want this half of it because this is the faction I play. They're like, oh, but what am I going to do with the other faction? And then they like, they go and talk to their friends like, hey, do you want to get into this faction? Mm-hmm. Do you want to split this with me? Or just taking talking to people at the game store. Trying to get that a new friend thing. into it. Yep, exactly. Or just it's trying to get new people into it. You're like, oh, I'll sell it to you for yeah. like half its value, whatever. Because you're like, I don't need this. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, I'll give you like this for a quarter of the whole box value. So, like, that causes people to generate the hype on their own by creating those two-player boxes. But if people aren't getting yeah. together as much, yeah. I think, I think it's really good, actually, with the the Infinity thing. When, and also, when GW does it, it's also actually good. Um, when I wonder if GW actually copied that with Kill Team when I think about it. But, like... Well, they've done release, two-player boxes so, forever. So, so, Norm, oftentimes, for, for, I guess, the old standard was you, you would release a starter box, Right. And then that would just be your starter box, right, for your entire edition, right? So whenever anyone gets in, they're going to be getting in with these, you know, two factions, right, that are get in. Mm-hmm. But like, like we said, we're playing this multi-faction games, right, where there's ten different factions. And it's very interesting that now with Infinity, they they literally said that they're going to be rotating the starter boxes. So every what every year, there's a di- you, there's a different starter box, right? And they're all starter boxes actually, like. It's the same experience, right? Where you start off with the new one is Hackers Lamb versus Aleph. 
versus the last one, which is Ariana versus Nomads, which is the last one, which is Pano versus Eugene, right? Each of these are like perfect self-contained starter boxes with some missions inside to get people uh, hyped to, to play. Um, yeah, so I, I just feel like uh, it's a great way to keep people interested, right? Because again, even if your starter box is just as exciting and just as good, right? Maybe we created the best starter box, right? One time with these two different factions is the best way to get people in because it has the two factions that hit right to get people to understand the game and, and, and have the widest reach. After a year, it's no longer new, right? No, it's it's just the launch. old starter box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So when you release a new one, you're constantly building up that kind of excitement, the new hotness, the new thing. And you also can start getting people into the game who, let's say, did weren't that into the first two two um, factions, right? So you're also kind of catering your, your starter box to trying to look for all the different people who might get into your game, who, who might like one of your factions. And you kind of cycle that through. So I think that's, that's quite... I don't know, it's quite quite smart and brilliant, and I think they tried to do that with Kill Team as well, right? The new Kill Team? Mm-hmm. Excuse yeah. me, for 40k? Yeah, so I think it's also worth pointing out or branching off into one part that you talked about, that the boxes that Infinity does are, like, limited mm-hmm. release. They're not there for the whole edition, but you, you can usually buy the products when they, they'll branch some of the pieces off into separate boxes, but they always mm-hmm. come with, like, one exclusive miniature. So to some extent, that thing you're buying... Yes. Or even the terrain that comes in it is not out forever because those two-player boxes will come with terrain as well. And that terrain's yep. only for sale usually as part of that box. So yep. it, it really generates a pretty high level of FOMO that if you don't jump on that, it's perf- it's well known that that's going to go out of rotation. So but there's yep. a whole aspect of creating products from these miniature companies where yep. you're telling your customers, like, buy it now, you might, you're definitely not going to be able to buy it tomorrow. It's not just like they're saying yeah. it, they, and they mean it. When they mean it, you're like, oh, I should vote. This limited model is only out as part of this. I guess I better get the box now. Better pre-order. Yeah, so that's true. The FOMO thing is very, very good, very important part to get people excited for new games. And so, yeah. So I think all games kind of do it. There's also a new, uh, I guess the last, I guess, case uh, that we might want to go over is uh, War Machine came out with a new edition, well, announced a new edition. Mm-hmm. So this is now technically, they're doing a Mark IV. So we used to be really into this game called War, Ma- War Machine slash Hordes, right? Which was this very deep, very complicated, very kind of combo-y game. Yeah, it's sort of a mid-size, um, mid-size, yeah, mid-size size game, like 40 to 50 figures. Yeah. Um, and so, did this new release of announcing this Mark IV pique your interest? Did it feel like a new hotness to you? So, uh, this it almost felt more like a warning or a disclaimer to the existing players. Like, all right, guys, don't be pissed off if you buy the old stuff in the next few months. And if you see it on sale, there's a reason why it's going on sale and why stores have tons of it, because we're liquidating it to them which I bought some of it because I knew they wouldn't be making it anymore. <laughs> but yep. it's basically, it feels like Me a warning. That they haven't hyped, like they didn't hype anything really as far as what I saw. Like there's factions. Like, okay, that's fine. But it was more like a warning. 
<clears throat> so people couldn't be like, oh, my God, you just ruined everything I just bought. I think it's more just to keep the backlash down. Yeah, it's interesting that um, I think there's a lot of good things that they could have done, but I agree that it almost felt like damage control mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to hype your audience, right? And I think there's something to be said, like War Machine and Hordes, there's something special about it in that the game as a living, like, growing game has basically died, right? Yeah. And they basically decided... and. You know, like, it lost tons of its audience, but it was so big for a while. Like, even with tons of its audience lost, it still has some players playing, right? Mm -hmm. But um, they internally obviously decided to reboot the game. Uh, I don't know if that was a fully good idea. I don't... In some ways, I feel like they didn't reboot it enough. Um, But because of that, it feels like when they, they decide to reboot the game, they're almost more worried about, uh, like you said, chasing away the, what remained of, re- remained of the old players as opposed to trying to attract all the players who had left to come back. Mm-hmm. And, and there is some of that, don't get me wrong, but it, it, I don't know if they put their best foot forward. No, they haven't tried to create. They didn't create a positive new hotness thing around the release. They just they yeah, and it was like, also kind of sudden. It was almost too sudden in some ways. Maybe, well, but like, like we said, you don't want too long of a build up for anything. Sure, but they're, but like they've already released the rules. I would have thought that they would have teased things more, right? Where they'd just be like, drop hammer, and and there's like. They released the, they released the uh, what do you call it, the the trailer, and then like the next day or two days after that, they released the rules, the new rules, and I was like, oh, this is really quick. There's no product to go with it though. It's kind of. No, they released rules for all of their old stuff, like for a bunch of their old stuff, and I was just like, this mm-hmm. is really odd. I'm really surprised. It felt a bit rushed. So again, again, a lot of the new hotness is like just marketing, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I just wonder if like, don't get me wrong, I read the rules and I, it was not for me. So that's a problem. I might end up buying some of their new models because some of them look pretty sweet. But like, uh, I just feel like they kind of, it, it was a, it, it, they didn't launch it well enough. Mm-hmm. And so. I don't know if, if just the game is so diminished that it's just hard to launch it well to get people excited, or the changes maybe that they went with were were people were just not happy with or or whatever or or what right? But I just felt like there's there's no community effort. thing. They didn't engage the community at all, like we talked about with GW. With Corvus Belly for Infinity, they, they haven't tried any of that. Like Yeah, like just even like sp- spacing things out. Gen Con is not until next week. Why did they suddenly say, hey, we've got a new edition? Like, they, they, there were hints, okay? But like, mm-hmm. new edition, trailer, next day, excuse me, is, you know, the rules. I'm like, you could have spaced that out. Like, drag, it's a new edition. 
mm-hmm. it's a new addition. You could show off these kind of things. But I, I wonder if it's because they, they decided to, like, cull everything. They're just so wor- – like, imagine if they did, tried to do the traditional thing where it's, like, new addition, and then next next day it's, like, you can't play your armies. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. <laughs> and they're hyping exactly. up the same way, and then you're, like, why did you hype me up? for a week and then at the end of the week said by the way you can't play your armies so maybe yeah, that was the issue they're dealing right? with a different problem than like a new release thing they're dealing with the problem of getting rid of a I game the true you could have done new edition here are all the bad things and then you can build up the hype every day going forward until gen con which maybe they're continuing to do but i feel like Nobody's one noticed. day releasing the rules is like that should Dude. be like the second last yeah. thing yeah that's the last thing you do is put up rules like we right. said at the very beginning of this again the rules are the thing that matter the least in terms of yeah, getting people into it. you got to seduce the players yes. first with yes. all of the, like, what's the new things? Okay, so we know the bad, you know, rip the band-aid off. You can't play our armies. There's going to be a certain amount, blah, blah, blah. But here's the good stuff. And then you tease that, you build that up, and then suddenly when people are excited, you're like, you know what, actually, this is kind of cool. You have you have some time to stew about it. You know, you mm-hmm. lose some people, but the people who stay with you might end up building, be like, hey, did you, did you see this new thing? And then suddenly it's like, bam, the new rules, you know, they've already been pre-primed to liking it. As of right now, because it was right after them just giving all the bad news, I was actually kind of a bit skeptical on the rules. And as soon as I saw that there was no uh, alternating activation, I was out. Yeah, or at least like every day, say what from the previous factions is still usable in the game for like each of the new factions. So it's like some positive build up, and you can go buy this now, and it's still good. Yeah, I don't understand how they didn't do alternating activations. Like um, Warcaster had alternating activations. Yeah, why? Even, why didn't they the go backwards of, for the new edition of War, War Machine? Yeah, even like Warcry, one of the first things they pre early things they previewed for the new edition of Warcry was reactions. Like, oh, even what? more. It's it's they already have Warcry's alternate activation already, and they're like, yeah. here's even more reactions. Yeah, here's even more integrated integration of the turns. And that was one yeah. of like their the release things. So like the game makers know that people enjoy this aspect of the games. But anyway, we're going off off the topic of the new hotness a little bit in terms of mechanics. We we Yeah, that's true. It uh, obviously failed. <laughs> yeah, they they told you the mechanics. But that's actually not part of creating new hotness, and they're failing anyway. Yep, yeah. they they actually the new hotness is being like a bold headline that says that's just a sell sheet. That's like here's a cool thing. That's what 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 makes people excited. Not here is like a complete breakdown of all the rules, and now dig in. Like they're hoping that their community, I guess, will will do the hyping, right? Yeah, and the weird thing is, like, for Warcaster and Mechanica, I think this is one part about creating, like... I think Warcaster and you know, Mechanica did a decent job, actually, of building hype. Yeah, because what they did is the Kickstarter, which is one way a lot of companies do to build hype. Because people mm-hmm. want it, it... It does the same thing, like, you're reaching goals and all that, and people can, like, tell their mm-hmm. friends that they've joined the Kickstarter and be like, oh, join, there's all these, like extra things going on and you want your friends to get into it so there's more of those extras get unlocked i i don't necessarily think kickstarter is the best way to do these sort of releases because mm-hmm. you it's the same sort of thing like you build the hype that you've bought this game but then it's like a year mm-hmm. later you get to play the game so your enthusiasm mm-hmm. to build it, paint so it after you've seen the important it for- part yeah, the most important part is at least you purchase the game right yeah. so for the company they're like at mm-hmm. least they purchase the game but you're right that for these 
for Warcaster, one thing that hurt it is that it's trying to be a forever, like a, a building forever game. But there was such a large gap between people being excited and people actually getting to play. Sure, you got their money, but did you get them to build a community and to have that self-sustaining kind of new hotness, right? Yeah, that happens the, in a community. Yeah, the whole problem of Kickstarters is the people who buy the Kickstarter kind of feel entitled to get the game first. So if it's the products start coming out for other people before the people who Kickstarted it, you, you really piss, you piss off the people who are the most enthusiastic about it. So yeah. you have to give it to them first. The problem is, once they start playing with it and tell their friends about it, their friends can't buy the product. So Kickstarter is a big so you have to have a tight, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know how you navigate that, really. Yeah, I think it's a lot better for like games that are self-contained. Right, mm-hmm. because it doesn't matter, right? You buy it, it comes a, a year later. You're like, oh yeah, this came out, and then you can kind of build that up and play it by itself, right? Whereas when you're trying to create this community, it's a lot harder, like you said, to kind of bridge those two gaps when you're trying to get people outside of the Kickstarter to get into your game. And I think this has happened to a lot of Kickstarter miniature games, yeah, where right. mm-hmm. if they're trying to create a community that like if it's it's actually the only ones that I've seen that have been kind of successful are ones where the big game is basically done and it's just money for the molds and shit like that. Yeah, it still just comes down right? to the problem that the community can't. <laughs> the only think of actually besides like games that are just rule books, because literally once you're done, it can be like a month and then everyone gets the rule books. Right, mm-hmm. and oftentimes with these smaller rule books, yeah. independent, they don't even try to publish it into the stores, right? So it's not even a big deal. Yeah, exactly. And you can put it up for sale on Drive Through RPG, your their own website for like a PDF yeah. the same day that everybody else gets it. But yeah. maybe with some and then oftentimes the mm-hmm. yeah, and then yeah, they get an ex- more exclusive version with nicer stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the only other one that I saw that that seems to be doing decently is Moonstone, which was also Kickstarted. It's a much smaller kind of game, and I don't even know if it's sold into stores. Actually, I think I wonder if it's just Kickstarters. But it was. It's it's the turnaround is pretty pretty quick with them, as I remembered. So yeah. it seems very rare for Kickstarters to actually work because of the problems you're talking about to to make a, a thing, which is kind of kind of sad because honestly, it's kind of funny. I liked like I never played. Warcaster, but I was really intrigued with the rules that when I read them, I just didn't like the models. Mm-hmm. And now I see the War Machine Mark IV stuff, and I'm like, I like these models, but I don't like the rules. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost the reverse issue. I'm yeah, like, can, why didn't you just have these models with this rule set? Why is War Machine Mark IV not Warcaster? I don't know. Maybe they maybe they what figured it failed because of the rules. They're like, oh, I guess these rules weren't good because it didn't sell. Yeah, maybe. Um, all right, so we've got talked about like actually cases of, of these kind of things. I guess the the last thing to talk about just the actual new hotness when it comes out is um, just in terms of the companies. When does the new hotness no? When does when is the new hotness no longer the new hotness? Like how oh, long does that shine last, and when does it wear off? Oh, I think like a month. <laughs> it's pretty. Can see like a month. It's pretty short, yeah. I think it's just- like when we think about like Infinity, right? That's that's the main new hotness that we often get, right? After these new giant releases, you get the boxes, they they release, people get the boxes. It does not even last 
to a point where most people have finished assembling all the stuff in the box. Usually it lasts until two models from the box have been assembled and you're playing with them. And Mm -hmm. once people are like, oh, you know, you're playing with these two different models, that's it. And then suddenly all of that hotness, all of that kind of shine, all that marketing uh, is great because you might hopefully you got a whole bunch of new people into your thing and a whole bunch of people doing that self self building, right? That self uh, th- self um, communication and the self kind of building that communities often have. Mm-hmm. But the actual shine from something new com- coming out, I agree, is like I think it's less than a month at this point, honestly. So yeah, yeah so hopefully. I guess the important thing is like having that self-sustaining community because, you know, oftentimes in a new meta, like when you have a meta in these kind of games, one of the things that's great about these kind of infinite games is that they have such a wide variety of different things. Like the game is hard to solve. And so in your your local meta, just changes in your meta can create new hotnesses. Like it's micro hotness. It's not actually new hotness product, but Mm -hmm. it's new to your meta. And that helps create this kind of excitement and well, I think just, just by them releasing, like, one new model that is that hits that new hotness level, for whatever the reasons we discussed before, people can be like, oh, I'll buy into the whole army because one new hotness for that yeah. particular faction came out. Yeah, that often definitely happens. We're just like, oh, man, I love this model. I've got to buy this entire faction now. Because I, I liked it a bit, but mm-hmm. this model is like, pushes me over the edge, and I kind of buy in. Yeah. All right. So I think we've talked about just the general new hotness and marketing and stuff so so long. Uh, there's a bunch of other stuff I want to talk about, but we might have to to pare it down. Um, I guess the main thing is the new hotness is great for the company if they can pull it off. But how about the flip side for the players, the consumers, right? Us. Yeah, it's like how, one. Sh- yeah, go go for it. When is it good? When is it bad? Is it is it overall a good thing for or is it is it bad? Like what are the positives and negatives from our point of view? Yeah, like as the buyer, when should you jump into the new hotness? Because when you feel happy about it and you have the money. Uh huh. If you anytime you can afford to make it rain, do it. Just make it and listen to our our previous podcast about a pile of shame, so you can deal with all the product you accumulate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like even for this, realistically, even for this Gen Con release, only mm-hmm. I, I didn't intend to buy in originally because I have so many other. You're gonna per- buy in? Yes. We'll, we'll, we'll Anyways, gotta go. Gotta. <laughs> I'll get. I'll get back to that part. But like, because I've, I know I have so many things lined up in the queue. Mm-hmm. I'm like. Yeah, but I really don't need to get to this. And one of the armies is a re-release of an army I already have. Uh-huh. And it's the second time I've repainted that army. I've already repainted I painted the army twice. This will be a third time uh-huh. repainting it, which I want to do. But I'm just saying I don't know if I'm ready yet for this. So I was going to hold off on the new hotness. But yeah. like we talked about earlier, how they create things as two-player boxes. Like, oh, I know someone who wants the other half of the box. I guess I should just buy the half of the box I want which is the Hackers Land part now, because there's someone who wants to buy the other half right now as well, and I'll miss out if I don't do that now. Technically, I won't miss out on anything, but <laughs> unless you want the special edition model, which is not no, but I probably won't. Honestly. I probably won't end up with it because the other person wants it more. 
Yeah. And it actually fits in with the half of the army they're getting more. Even though I could play it in the half I'm buying too. Uh-huh. So I should just that means I should just take get the exclusive model. I should just buy both halves <laughs> and throw one half out, right? Yeah, that's, uh, that's how Technically, it's true. If you already have the army, like to me, it doesn't make as much sense to do it. So it's up to you, I guess, if you want to hold off. I don't necessarily think that it makes as much sense to go in, but if you can do it, why not, right? Like, well, if you have the money, it's not going to be painful for you, and you, you know, you will. It'll come up into your paint queue, so you can actually play with it in some short period. Oh, yeah, Even if it's just like the Boktar or something like that, just yeah, a couple of models. I don't have to read. I don't have to paint up the whole box. I could paint up two figures yeah. out of the box and play the army. Even though yeah. I would, even though my actual plan is to redo every single thing in the entire faction. <laughs> yes, of course. Not every single thing. Some some of them I painted more recently because they're newer sculpts. But mm-hmm. Anyhow. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's one of those things. Is like you have to be ready for for it, right? Like. I think one of the biggest issues that people have, I guess, like there's a lot of positives. It's fun. You get to engage with the community. You get this new thing. It's exciting to get the new thing when it's new and exciting. So it's like double makes you happy. It's like when we go to Gen Con, right? You get all this new stuff. It feels great. Um, but, you know, they're for the, for the negatives, right? It's just like if you already have a whole bunch of things on your painting queue and you're always getting into the new hotness – it can often mean that you just never finish your finish painting your stuff, and then you might never have a fully painted army, or, or you're constantly paint like you constantly have unpainted models because you can never just like commit because you're always sucked into this new hotness. Mm-hmm. This is, I think, one of the things that a lot of people really, really don't like because you know it's just too exciting and enticing to get into the new thing, and you can't keep your eye on the ball, right? Just to finish things off. And, and keep on doing it. So that is, an, in my opinion, an indirect problem with new hotness, right? Because I think a lot of ways you can solve that yourself, right? Obviously, you don't want to buy everything. So that's a problem, right? Unless you're like a bajillionaire. Uh, unless you're Jeff Bezos or something. I don't know if he plays miniatures. Um, but for a person, right? Even if you're Jeff Bezos, uh, you only have so much room on your painting table that you can paint right so how do you you have to make sure that you're like confining your giving into your new hotness uh when you have space on your painting table when you have space on your painting queue otherwise like if you buy it and then just leave it in the box for a year you're not getting all the shine and all the best excitement of being able to buy a new thing Right. But if you're constantly just, you know, having it on your, your table and never finishing it, especially if you're playing, if you don't play Infinity, let's say you play 40K and you're constantly just like buying the new army. That's mm-hmm. really painful because it takes year, probably, maybe even if you're a fast painter, like at least a couple months to finish an army to a decent standard. Right. Yeah. Just do so if you're caught. Yeah. And guess what? Like 40K, there's a new army released every fucking month so there's a whole, there's a whole <laughs> two new, months is too long there's a whole new 30k sometimes you're just like oh my god we yeah, gotta change eras new game yeah new new sister game so i feel like one of those things that can really help is um keep the models on your painting table that you've been painting always have a certain like nominate a certain group of models right 
Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying don't give into the new hotness because it's super fun to get into the new hotness and, and, and interrupt your painting queue. But always have those models on the table, right? Ones, and whenever you paint this your current model, project, right? exactly. Mm-hmm. Don't don't pack them all up and put them at the bottom of the box. If you put it at the bottom of the box, you will never get back to them, right? You will always be just opening these new boxes and having the new hotness, right? Keep those couple of models at the top of whatever way you store your miniatures so that whenever you paint something else or assemble something else, those models are staring you in the face and you will slowly, hopefully, work on them, right? So you might, you might be like, oh, I finished this painting. I still want to paint a little bit more. I'll, I'll, I'll continue to work on this stuff. Or maybe you're just like, no, I got to work on this stuff. I'm going to take this stuff out, work on this a little bit, and then go to the new hotness, right? But the important thing is to keep keep your actual, like, let's say your long-term thing on in, in on the top of mind so that even when you're inter- interrupting your 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 mind state and having these new things that you're painting you're still slowly chipping away at the longer term project and that's how i finished my orc army even though like when i was working on my 40k orc army i started in i think i bought it on sixth or seventh and i never played it until eighth but i actually finished it Finished my my orc army um, before, like, because it was I was just there, right? So I just kept on working on it slowly, and so I en- ended up actually finishing it even when I wasn't playing 40k. So mm-hmm. in the same kind of way, even like large projects, you can kind of still move that forward. And then once you have a full army, then it's not as bad to like jump around and paint little pieces here and there because at least you're playing like when you want to you can play with a fully painted army you're not always playing with like half assembled half painted guys with no arms yeah so i think that part about actually playing matters like for buying into those things and the best way i can think of just during this podcast of knowing whether you're going to play with something is whether your friends actually want to play with it too if you're just like oh i saw this thing i'm going to go do this and your friends like, eh, I don't know, maybe, or they're already into like doing something else. And you're like, yeah, I'm gonna buy into this. Mm. And maybe they'll come in, because you're like, oh, this is the new hotness. But mm. they're off, they're not on board for whatever reason it might be, because they're off mm. on some other new hotness. Yeah. If if you don't think your friends are gonna get into it, your whole like, the chances of you building that, to play, or ever ever doing anything with it are often quite low. So I yeah. think that's I think that's the first the best criteria I can think of for jumping into yeah. the new hotness. There's all, the other thing is like make room for the new hotness. So one of the things that is like when when people plan, you know this is this is not even just about miniatures. This is all planning for anything. People planning life, often, planning your whole personal, yeah, planning whole life, personal schedule, planning work, planning everything. Mm-hmm. You will often jam way more. Not everyone, but like a lot of people will jam in way too much stuff, so that they don't plan for what they don't know, right? Mm-hmm. They they only they they fill up their time with plans for what they know will happen, what what they think they know will happen, mm-hmm. and they don't plan for these other things. So one of the things for for the new hotness is planning around it. For example. Uh, we said, you know, Infinity has these new boxes. You don't know what it is, but during Gen Con, even if you're not in Infinity, you know there's going to be some cool stuff that's going to be launched at around Gen Con. Mm-hmm. Make sure that before Gen Con, you're clearing out your backlog so you make room for some things that you don't know. And you know what? If there's nothing that, that picks your interest, 
mm-hmm. you just shorten your bad log. It's even better, right? So just being like pre-clearing is a very important part of being able to get through these other things. So just don't have a backlog that's too long. So if you do jump on the new hotness, basically, you can actually yeah. get to it while you kind of think I it's have cool. a seasonal backlog. Of, of your it's cat backlogs years. Yeah, it's during winter it shrinks, and then during summer uh, it gets bigger. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right around, you know, like Gen Con and stuff like that, and you and spring and stuff like that, it gets bigger. And then you know, winter, you go out, just you out, go out yeah, less, you have more time can- to stay in. Yeah, we're in so. Canada, we can't prime outside as easily, so you know, you don't if you can't prime. To me, it's fine. Yeah, but at least that stops me. I'm like, I can't prime this for months because it's you winter. Just use indoor priming as well, and mm-hmm. it's fine. You prime. That's why you have a bigger backlog. You prime them all during fall, and then you paint them during winter don't buy buy stuff during the winter if you can't don't buy stuff for winter you can't even prime it then yeah yep exactly so i guess we now we know like if you're launching miniatures uh miniatures miniature gaming line don't launch it in the winter people Mm -hmm. can't prime the models christmas releases nah no good i guess christmas christmas is fine as long as it's like a kickstarter and they only Mm -hmm. get their models around spring it's fine it's no good you've got to rip stuff open at christmas it's all about it's all about the new hotness of Christmas, just ripping boxes open and stuff. That is true. I don't know. Christmas, I feel like, is more about gift giving, so it's mm-hmm. I don't really think about it as, like, getting gifts for myself or... Black Friday's been created now for that, yeah. That's true. Black Friday's where you pile up a bunch of stuff in preparation for, like, I don't know, for the winter, I guess. For the, yes. the, the coldest parts of the year. It's too late in the north for that. Anyhow. All right. Anything else we want to touch on for helping creates? dealing with get giving into the new hotness? Um, let's see. No, I think the biggest thing I feel like is clearing space. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and oh, another thing actually that I wanted to mention is um, oftentimes don't press buy immediately it's my thing like mm-hmm. when you're swept up in everything it's one thing for gen con where just the fun of buying everything is like part of the fun but if you're on the fence or if you've noticed that you're you've been giving into the new, new hotness too much don't buy immediately oftentimes mm-hmm. all you really wanted was the fun about thinking about buying and giving and like feeling the excitement of the new hotness that was really the thing that you were chasing and it wasn't the actual buying of the models and put and and assembling and painting them so like Mm -hmm. this is one of those things especially if you have friends and some of them are excited you can feed off their excitement get all of your fill right of the new hotness by like living vicariously through your friends who are going to buy it and they're not actually buy it right engage Mm -hmm. with the conversation you know maybe you'll be like do some some you know uh, list list crafting some list crafting some some you know like um, talk about thinking about it some talking yeah talking some some like guessing about what 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 everything will play like right oftentimes that is the fun you need and you don't actually need to buy the actual models right mm-hmm. so I feel like instead of pressing buy talk to your friends first go and talk to your friends get excited about it. Talk it through and then go back and think about it afterwards mm-hmm. so that 
maybe so that oftentimes I feel like at least for me <sighs> through it has given me all the excitement without actually having to uh, take the monetary cost and also the drawer space. So all right, I think that is really helps. So on that note, have you have you pulled the trigger on the Infinity Gen Con release? Oh yeah, yeah, I already pre-ordered it. Already <laughs> okay. After all that, you're like, ah, I couldn't hold back. All right. What are you talking about? I already said this is one of my main factions. I should have done this last year when I bought the Nomads yeah, but it's and the Ariana that I didn't need. Yeah, but the factions have sectorials in this game that divide them up, and it's not it's not the one of the ones that you were. That's true. That my the one that I was going to go in more was uh, Rama, but. No. But that wasn't a very good faction when it came out, play-wise. I, in terms of right now, I think it's decent. I know, now it is, but that changes. So. Uh huh. Oh well. Well, I bought into it, so can't change me now. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so, um, any you want to wrap up, I guess, and and just give a general um thoughts on the new hotness, its positive and negatives on the general community both games and players as a whole, what do you think? So wrap-up? I think it's necessary for the companies, and they they should do it, but you just have to mm-hmm. know like when it's going to benefit you to jump, be the guy who jumps on it, mm-hmm. or whether you should just I like, think, push your friends to buy it. <laughs> yep, I think actually it's almost better to push your friends to buy it because um, if you're already in it, like if it's a new hotness for a game that you're already playing, Using the new hotness to get new players in is great. So, right, it's a it's a way to hook people in, right? Like, uh, like a new addition is a great. Let's say your friend rejected getting into the game last edition. A new addition is the perfect time to bring it up again and be like, hey, do you want to play it now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's new. Just new so product. I feel like it's not things I, I like could have done. Yep. I think overall. Uh, I think it's good for the companies. I think it can be good for the communities. I think there is obviously though a cost, but I, which is honestly, you can often have companies, especially with nefarious business practices like uh, GW, that can really hurt people because you know they get the FOMO and they overbuy and stuff like that, and they get this buying treadmill. But even then, there's like some fatigue that sets in, and I think that's starting to hurt GW. So I think that's a negative, but I don't – I think overall – and that's a serious negative, don't get me wrong. Like that is a definite problem, but I think when used for the powers of good with smaller companies that are less predatory, I think it's all good. It's not all good, but it's – the goods definitely outweigh the bads. So I would say both for players and for the companies, I think it's a great way to push out a game and kind of build the community. And really, like, that's half, not half, but, like, it's a large portion of why we play these miniature games, right? And yep. we want to see these communities build, and so you can, you know, get regular games in, and you can have that kind of fun and meet new people. Yeah, I think that the new hotness almost has almost nothing to do with, like, how much you enjoy the game in the long term. Like, the long term is all about having a good community and actual, like, good, solid gameplay. Yeah, like many things, it's not about the new hotness, but it's about the friends you make along the way. There we go. All right. All right. So that is our Mm -hmm. Yeah, our cliched ending, but true, Mm -hmm. uh, podcast about the new hotness. 
and so if you want to talk to us uh, about the new hotness or or have any thoughts or, or anything about this topic or other topics that we've uh, talked about, you can uh, email us at contact at diceovereverything.com. Yep, or find us on Facebook. We're Dice Over Everything. This has been Alan. It's been Brandon. Bye.